Welcome to All Stars in Transit, where we talk travel to All Stars, the people working behind the scenes at AirAsia. Travel is our common passion, and we'd like to share with you our stories, tips, and recommendations. I'm your host, Abby, and this week, our guest is Sylvie from the Sustainability Department. Welcome to All Stars in Transit, Sylvie. Hi, Abby. Great to be here. I think I have to say sustainability a few times before I get the hang of it. But obviously, this is something that is very close to your heart, and I'm happy that you are here because who knows more about sustainability than, of course, the team behind it. So I would like to first ask you, when did you start in AirAsia? So I am actually still a newbie, I would say. I started in AirAsia in October 2022, and it's been about 10 months now, and I would say my journey here has been something that I would have never imagined. <laughs> yeah. Aside from possibly traveling more, what brought you here to Air Asia? I would say I was looking for more of a dynamic and young environment. My previous job, it was more of a consultancy job and it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. So for me, the culture is important. You know, if you can get along with your work colleagues and you can get along with the culture of the company, then of course you'll be more motivated to, you know, perform well. So that was actually one of my main factors of joining AirAsia. Oh, that's great to hear. And I hope it has delivered. Oh yeah, of course. I joined the annual party last year and it was amazing. Literally have never had a party like that. <laughs> so that said, you are here to talk about budget travel. Yes, I'm excited. It's one topic I really love when about traveling. It's not for everyone, budget traveling, but it's something I always look forward to. So what got you started as a budget traveler? So it all started when I was at university. I was studying in the UK for about four years. I was studying back in 2016 up to 2022. And of course, being in the European region, you want to explore the countries around there. But as well, you're you know, a student from Malaysia. So the currency doesn't exactly you know, pair up. So yeah, that, that's where my budget traveling started. You know, it, it takes a lot of planning, I would say, and flexibility with budget traveling. But if, if you, you get the ingredients right for the recipe, I think you'll have a really good time. So when you say budget travel, do you mean staying at hostels? backpacking, like um, hitchhiking? Yeah, so my approach to traveling is more of a backpacker style of traveling. I stay, yeah, a lot in hostels. Um, I love hostels because you get to meet a bunch of different people from different parts of the world. You know, it's a great place to socialize and meet new people as well as, you know, seeing whether you can hitch on to the plans of other people as well. So in that way, you can share the cost and things like that. So definitely hostels but also i have done like couch surfing i'm not sure if you're familiar with couch surfing wow that's brave yeah i mean in europe i would say it's okay it's quite safe as long as you read the reviews of the the um couch surfers it's 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 pretty safe i would say and if you go with two friends you and another friend then I w it's pretty safe 
So for those, I'm not sure whether couch surfing is still a thing. It still is. It definitely still is a thing. I just did couch surfing in Thailand when I was in Bangkok. So it, it's it's great. You get to like stay at home with a local and get to know their you know daily routine of life, and as well as you know get accommodation for free. So I I like to bring in you know some maybe Malaysian goodies for them. Ah, that's so nice. Yeah, just so I don't feel so bad about getting free accommodation from them. Have you ever tried hosting as well? Um, I have not tried hosting actually. Actually, there is this Facebook group. I'm not sure if you know, but it's because as a female traveler, sometimes you are worried about your safety. Yes. And so there is this Facebook group called Host a Sister, where it's all these bunch of women across the world. They're in this Facebook group, and you can either host someone or you know try and find someone to host you in that country. So I have this very close friend that's very active on this platform, and she has hosted many people in her house in Puchong. And it's great because I get invited to you know these um, these meetups and these socials that she does with those people that get hosted. So it's a fun way to get to know people as well. But um, yeah, for host a sister, it's a great platform not only for hosting. It's it's not only for accommodation wise. It's for example exploring a city. You can just put in a post in a group and say, oh yeah, you know I'm you know headed to for example London for. Um, this date and this date. Is there anyone that's willing to bring me around to explore the town? And many of the people are very, you know, engaged and very more happy to host you and bring you around the city. Oh, that's a great recommendation. I've never heard of it, and it's like worth looking up. I think I'll check it out later. Yeah. Closer to home, which uh, Southeast Asian destinations are your favorites? I would say that Thailand is great. It, it's a good location. I recently been to, well, I've been to Thailand a few times, but recently I've been to Bangkok and Chiang Mai and Chiang Rai, and you get a good mix. You know, with Bangkok, you get the hustle and bustle of a city. Of course, being from KL, you're used to that. You know, the the beauty and the chaos kind of feel. <laughs> <laughs> but then in Chiang Mai and Chiang Rai, it's really beautiful because you're surrounded by you know these mountain. Mountains and hills, and it's more laid back there, more relaxed, and you know the weather's a little bit better than in Bangkok, so um, it's very relaxing. And with Thailand, also you get the beaches, of course. You know you cannot forget the islands there. And I do scuba diving, so ah. it's it's one that I always think about when traveling. You know which islands are the best for scuba diving? Yeah. So which islands are the best to you so far? Um, so far, I would say actually I haven't done scuba diving in Thailand yet because I, I seem to always travel in the wrong season. Um, but I have been traveling in K uh, in Malaysia. Of course, it's the Perhentian Islands and Tioman Island that, that are good. Yeah. What's on your list? Like, where do you want to go for diving as well? Okay, so for diving, it's definitely in Indonesia. You know, we've got Lombok, we've got the Gili Islands, we've got Rajampat that is supposed to be super amazing for diving. I just want to see like a really big shark in front of me and those huge manta rays, and then. That's like my bucket list checked. <laughs> and as for Thailand, um, I hear Koh Tao is really good. So definitely one of, for my bucket list as well. Okay, I can recommend to you what Daphne recommended in the previous episode. It's the Thresher Sharks in Malabasqua in Cebu. So invite you to the Philippines. There are a lot of wreck dives and also the muck diving as well as some of the big ones, the whale sharks. 
there's everything also because uh, Indonesia and the Philippines are two of the largest archipelagos in the world. So yeah, you'll find everything over there. I do hope you make it there for diving. <laughs> yeah, me too. But you know, with diving, it's it's an expensive hobby, you know, yes. not exactly budget friendly. So it has to be when I'm feeling a little bit more, you know, um, I feel like I can treat myself, then I would go for a dive. <laughs> so that's the other kind of travel that you're into. Yeah. And they're like opposites of each other in terms of the spending. Exactly. Is there a way to actually keep your diving budget lower? I think the highest cost even when traveling is your accommodation. So if you can get a really cheap accommodation, there are a lot of dive centers that has like a hostel bunk bed type of situation that you can stay in. That's also a great idea. And there are some that does um, that those islands, you don't exactly have to stay on the island. You can dive starting from the mainland. And those are definitely much cheaper than if you stay on the island itself. Do you have any funny or memorable experiences, something that happened to you during a trip that you can think of? Oh yeah, and most definitely. Uh, I think this happened in, actually it's one year ago now, it's, it was August 2022. I was traveling with one of my um, friends, she's from Germany, so she hasn't been traveling around Southeast Asia, so we decided to do Thailand together. And we were just mainly based in um, Bangkok, Krabi, and Phuket, so around the south region of Thailand. And it was supposed to be a two-week trip, and I was very excited for it, you know, traveling alone in Thailand with a friend instead of family, you know, for the first time. I see. <laughs> and I was excited for the trip, you know, cleared my phone and everything, you know, we were going to see all the beaches, all the temples. And it was on day two of our trip where... We were in Krabi, and we were going for those island tours. So it was a four-hour island, four island tour trip. And, um, you know, it, it's just stopping by different islands, going to the beaches, relaxing, and things like that. And in hour one of the trip, we arrived at a snorkeling site, and I was going to go down snorkeling. Of course, I brought my waterproof bag for my phone, which everyone does. And I put my phone in the bag, you know, sealed it and brought it down when snorkeling. And note that I have done this many times, so I didn't think it was like anything wrong or like scary to bring my phone down into the water. And as I was snorkeling, I was having fun, you know, seeing all these fishes and the reefs. And when I got out of the ocean, I went on a boat and I saw that my phone was just absolutely soaked inside my waterproof bag. So it was just flooded and it was hour one of the four hour tour. So all I could do to save it was to try and pat it down with the towel, put it in the sun to dry it out. I couldn't even go and buy rice to soak it in the rice. So, and then I realized that my phone was no longer able to even be used at all. And this was day two of the two weeks trip. So I spent two weeks without my phone, just, you know, using my friend's phone to let my family know I'm okay and I'm alive and things like that. But besides that, it was just absolutely no contact from the internet. So isn't that refreshing, you know, being so totally off the grid? Oh yeah, for sure. I thought, you know, 
in this day and age, you know, I'm also a victim of always trying to post online, you know, at that moment of time. I don't even do it delayed, you know, I do it on the spot. Wow, really Insta. Exactly. So I, I, I was like, I thought that I was going to be bored without my phone and things like that. But actually, it was a really nice trip because actually my friend and I were able to talk more and then we bonded much more closely without having the phone where we scroll on TikTok for hours, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a really refreshing trip to be off the grid, you know. As long as my family knew I was okay, I was fine, they know where I was going. And that's all they needed to know. And the rest of the trip, it was just me, my friend in Thailand. It's quite hard to live without our phones these days that people actually go on specific travel just to be away from it all. So maybe that's something that you can practice when you go off on a trip. Just switch off and connect with the real world instead of the world inside the phone. Yeah, highly recommended. I think also because I didn't have a phone, I made more of an effort to talk to the people in our hotels and hostels and tours, wherever we went to. So it was, it, was, it was really good, really refreshing to switch off. But I would say you're probably more extroverted than a lot of travelers. Yeah. You're able to make friends easily. Uh, yeah, I would say so. It definitely takes energy. Yeah, although I'm extroverted, yes, it takes you know effort to also talk to other people. But um, yeah, I think it pushed me even more to speak to others. Okay, now I'm going to ask you a challenging question. Mm -hmm. How can we travel sustainably as budget travelers? This is a great question. So uh, often when traveling, I, I mean, personally, I would always bring a water bottle. You know, that's a life essential. You need water to sustain your life. And a lot of times especially when traveling in Asia, we don't have the you know, free water from the taps like they do have in Europe, so we have to buy water. And that usually is from plastic bottles. And for me, I try and save water by bringing my, I mean, save plastics by bringing my own water bottle and using refill stations instead. So any accommodation that I book, I ensure like, you know, I ask them that, do you have a, you know, refill, water refill station? And if they do, that's great. Like, that's all you need. Just bring your bottle and refill over there. Mm. Definitely, this is easier in certain destinations. I find that Taiwan is very good at providing all these dispensers at every train station so that you can use your bottle. And it also helps probably in certain places where the tap water is actually potable. I guess Singapore is one. Um, then you can definitely make use of your bottles instead of buying plastic bottles. Do you have any other tips for being a more aware uh, or a friendlier traveler to the environment? Yeah, so when I travel, I love to use public transport. It's a great way not only to be more sustainable in your travels, but it's also a great way to see different sites, you know, see what the local sees, explore the city, your destination as a local. Because sometimes with tours, with walking, you don't exactly get to see everything that, yeah, all the different destinations that these public transports go to. So I think it's a great way. Also, it's a cheap way to get around the city. So definitely public transport. And I would say that especially 
Well, in my experience, I feel like in Southeast Asia, we still use a lot of single-use plastics when we buy things. So especially in Thailand, actually, there was a lot of plastics when going to night markets when mm, I was buying yes, food. True. So it's just a plastic box and a plastic bag. And I thought that was the, a bit ridiculous, you know. I, I, w- I was going to eat it now. Like, why did you put it in a bag? Um, so for me, I would always... Oh, I would try my best to bring like a container around if possible. And also in my bag, I will always have an extra tote bag in case I do shopping mm. or something like that so I can store stuff. Especially these days, a lot of places now charge you for the single-use plastic, as I think they should. Yeah. Um, then you can definitely reuse and reduce your plastic consumption, especially when going to these night markets. Exactly. So what's on your travel bucket list now? On my travel bucket list, I would say, actually, that I am due for another dive trip. <laughs> so I've done, I've done a lot of city and small town trips recently, and I am beginning to miss the ocean and the little fishes in there. So definitely another dive trip is due. I would say that my next one would be to Lombok in Indonesia. Um, I heard the dives are really good, and I just, yeah, I would love to love to see more marine life instead of humans. <laughs> <Next>. <laughs> How much do you plan before you go on a trip? With my type of budget traveling, I would say that you need you can plan, but you need to be really flexible with your your itinerary because. Especially if you, for example, you stay in hostels, I like to get to know people and as well as, you know, try and hitch on to the airplanes so that you can save costs. So, yeah, I have, uh, I would say I would do my research on what I want to see. And of course, you know, um, pick the days that I want to see certain um, uh, sites because some sites might be closer to each other than others. Um, and I would have um, just exactly a few things that I want to see at the back of my mind. But Whenever I go to um, hostels or to a new location, I'll just see what people are up to and see how I can fit into their plans if possible. Or you just never know what happens on a trip. Someone might, you know, suggest something else that might pique your interest at that time. So, yes, I do plan, but um, not not really um, stringent or solid plans. So enough planning, but not too much. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, you need to know where you want to go, you know, of course, where you're staying and your flights, that's the most important. But in between, it's pretty relaxed. Yeah. Mm, That sounds like my kind of trip. How do you actually budget? Do you have um, like a spreadsheet and put down all your expenses? Yeah. So if you're traveling with a friend, I tend to do the spreadsheet things. I like to do the budget. So for me, I would the first thing I would do is agree on a budget with a friend. You know, how much do you want to spend on this trip? And based on what we both agreed to, then we, you know, look at accommodation, look at flights, and then look at the things that we want to see. And for me, I, I like to budget travel, so I would try and find all the free things first. My first thing would be like, free things to do in this city or free things to do in that city. So that would be my first Google search. And... Then when and then after looking at all of that, we look at um, what we want to actually see, like with entrance fees and things like that. Then we make it a priority um, to put that in our budget. So 
that's how I usually go about things. Usually the budget, once again, you need to be adaptable and flexible with um, backpacking. So a more of a more of a flexible travel um, budget. So yeah, have the agreed total budget amount, but everything in between can be negotiated. Um, and also, I I always. Well, with food, of course, you know, food as a Malaysian is very important and you want to try the food of that country. So because you're budget traveling, you don't have the luxury to eat out all the time. <laughs> and I go to hostels that has free food. So sometimes we'll eat for our breakfast and also pack lunch. And yeah, you have to just choose a meal that you want to eat out at. So, for example, every day you agree like, OK, let's just eat out at dinner time. And um, the rest of the time is just based on what we pack um, to bring out with us. So that's also one of the ways I save cost um, when traveling. Yeah. Typically, what kind of food items would you get from the hostels? Usually you get sandwiches. Yeah, very simple sandwiches, you know, um, but it, it sustains us. You know, you can go to 7-Eleven to get a bit more if you're really feeling hungry. But uh, yeah, mainly sandwiches. Yeah. Do you eat a lot of street food? I love eating street food. Um, it's a great way to taste, I would say, the more authentic foods uh, compared to if you go to a fancy restaurant. So street food is the way. But also, I'm very cautious of hygiene, I guess, with when it comes to street food. I don't want to fall sick at all when I'm traveling. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever? No, but my friend has, so it was not fun to watch that. <laughs> At the same time, meaning you were there. Yeah, I was there, so I'm not sure. Maybe the food that she ate was touched by a fly or something. Well, oh. I, yeah, I'm not sure. But you ate the same things. Yeah, more or less the same things. Mm, okay, so maybe that depends on how your gut reacts to exactly. something. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your probiotics before you travel. Oh, yes, <laughs> that is a very good tip. <laughs> yeah. If you've just joined us, you're listening to All Stars in Transit, where we talk to the people working behind the scenes at AirAsia. My name is Abby, and today I'm speaking to Sylvie, a sustainability team. So if you met a traveler who is also interested in art and culture for the region, do you have any recommendations for them around here? For the region, if I were to recommend someone to go to a destination, I would say that actually Bali is really great for arts and culture. Like as a province, they really preserve that aspect of their identity really well compared to other places in the region. I feel like with, you know, globalization and things like that, we have lost, um, we are slowly losing our culture, you know, the, the traditional arts side of it. And Bali, I've just recently come back from Bali, so Bali was a really great place to, you know, see that, um, you know, the arts and culture is still a thing, still booming in, in that province of Indonesia, yeah. Uh, yes, Bali is a place that you can visit again and again mm -hmm. and see many different things because exactly. it's quite a large island. Yeah. Have you ever had a near unfortunate incident happen to you while traveling? I wouldn't say a near unfortunate incident. It's just um, more of like a silly mislook kind of thing, you know. Um, so I was traveling with my friend to Italy for two weeks. 
um, during my university days and we were traveling around the March, April time and we forgot that March had 31 days instead of 30 days. So we didn't book anything for the 31st of March, you know, so we were just scrambling around looking for accommodation and uh, it was it was a bit stressful you know potentially being we realized really like late I think on the day itself we realized that oh we actually have nowhere to stay tonight and today's the 31st of March not the 1st of April you know so we can't even go to the new accommodation yet so yeah we were just looking around (laughs) stressfully for accommodation but in the end we found something where did you find it Um, It was, uh, we just, we talked to the owner of the hostel that we were staying at, you know, just like, I don't know why we didn't think of that first, but um, yeah, we talked to the owner and said that, you know, we were, we are homeless for today and we have nowhere to go. Is there like a chance that there's extra space for the night? And he said, yes. So, yeah. You spend so much time in uh, hostels and also like in your couch surfing communities. Is there any way to be more open to these experiences and how do you get to meet people apart from those places? Uh, With hostels, it's definitely a great environment to socialize with others. I always tell people that I love to travel through people because there are of course countries that you, it's, it's too far for us to reach at this moment of my life especially you know for example in of the americas or south america there are countries i wouldn't be able to get to right now in this stage of my life and i don't really vision envision me being able to in the near future so i love to travel through people i love to hear their experiences hear their stories and what it's like in their countries and things like that and hostels are a great place to meet all these people like I've never met so many South Americans in Asia, <laughs> and I always love to ask them the question, you know, like, why are you here, you know? Why why this country? Especially in Malaysia, there's actually quite a lot of tourists, and I always, for me, of course, we're Malaysian, you know, I always question why they would come here. For me, it's a bit boring already. I already know all the sites, you know? But, uh, yeah, I like to question why they come here, what they're looking for, and basically the entire travel experiences. And, yeah, hostels are a great way to get to know people. But for me, also, I also use different social media platforms to get to know people as well. So, for example, I'm not sure if you've heard of this platform called Meetup. Um, yeah, it, Meetup is a great way to meet people in different cities. Uh, it's a platform for those who don't know. It's a platform where there's these groups of people that um, share on common interests. So, for example, if you like dance, if you like sports, if you like wellness, there are different groups for that. And I use this a lot. Actually, I started using this when I was studying in the UK. And then when I came back to Malaysia after my four years of living there, Malaysia was sort of still, you know, it was like a stranger to me again. You know, I didn't really have um, a lot of friends here. A lot of my friends are still abroad. So I was trying to explore Malaysia and I used Meetup as a way to explore my own city in that sense. And yeah, I learned that there are so many different groups. Uh, For example, I went to a lot of like language exchange groups or there's even actually this free salsa class um, that's available on Meetup. So I, yeah, I go to those classes. I still do salsa to this day, you know, it's great. I love it. And yeah, it's, it's a good platform, I think, to use social media to meet people. And also another less common way, I would say, to meet people is actually through Bumble. 
which is the dating app. Traditionally, it's a dating app, but they of they have this new feature where you can make friends on Bumble. So they call it Bumble Friends, and you it's just like how the dating app works. You know, you put up your profile, and then you put on what your interests are, your descriptions, and things like that, and then you just swipe through people who are also on that Bumble Friends platform. So mm. actually, I have met a quite a few people on that platform you know getting to know people and especially if you're new to a city um, it's a great way to make new friends as well because those people on the platform are there exactly for the same reason to meet new people and yeah it's it, it's actually I met like one of my best friends from there she's from Germany and she moved to Malaysia and at the time also I was you know coming back from Malaysia from the UK and I didn't really have a lot of friends here. So, yeah, I used Bumble and I met her and we became really good friends. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So Bumble and Meetup, it's not what I would have expected, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. So you brought up earlier that you have all these friends that you meet from South America. I am also curious, what brings them here? <laughs> For them, I guess it's... Um, well, a lot of them travel to places like Thailand, you know, all the islands in Thailand, as well as Bali. And what brings them here, I guess, it's just the difference in culture and um, the food and maybe maybe similar weather. I'm not sure. But for them, they just like that it's a whole different um, culture and experience from where they are from. I think something that Malaysians tend to overlook is that there are gems in your backyard. So let's not forget that there are some amazing cultural gems here if you actually bother to look, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I discovered that when I, when I came back from the UK. I thought, this is so boring. You know, I have no friends here. Like, what am I going to do? But actually, I forget that I only know Malaysia based on what my experiences are with my family. I haven't actually explored Malaysia for myself as an individual, you know. So, for example, like going into downtown KL, it's something that my family would never do unless it's like there's an event there or something because it's just so much traffic there. They would question, mm, why true. would you even want to go there? Um, but yeah, I, I you know, was able to hang out there and like travel around. And like you said, there's a lot of like hidden gems around Malaysia and it's been really nice. Yeah. I would say the islands, we have, we are actually blessed with such beautiful islands and took it for granted, you know, I thought that going to Thailand or Indonesia was the answer. But if you just, you know, from this, from central KL, you can just take like seven, eight hour bus for really cheap, you know, do an overnight bus. So you just sleep and then you wake up in a, you know, a different town and then you are in a beautiful blue watered island. Mm-hmm. You have any islands in particular that you want to share? Um, yeah, for me, I love going to the Perhentian Islands just because it's more budget friendly compared to the Tioman Islands. And with the Perhentian Islands, already, you know, you get your blue waters, you get your turtles there, you get to meet people and you get your white sand beach. You know, it's 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 so beautiful and it's in our country and it's it's so actually it's really really reasonable to get there from um the city so i would say that that's my favorite island i guess as a budget friendly traveler you don't really run out of places to go to because any destination can be made budget friendly depending on the way your travel style i guess you can say 
You mentioned earlier downtown KL. Anything there that you would like to tell people about, whether that uh, might make or break their decision to make their way here down to KL? Um, I would say that actually, like um, the Chinatown area is becoming really nice. Like they're doing it up really nicely. Like just a few years ago, it was, you know, just it was just Chinatown and the market itself. But now it, I would say it's really popping. There's like a lot of new bars there, a lot of new restaurants there that people go to, and it's it's really lively. <laughs> Any favorite haunts for you? Like where do you hang out? Um, yeah, I hang out a lot in Pataling Street. Itself? Yeah, Pataling Street itself. There's a lot of bars there and they did it they did it up in a way where it's sort of like it's old architecture that's already there plus, you know, a bit of like modern vibes to it and there's the neon light, so it looks very cool. So yeah, I do like to hang around there. <laughs> a very Instagrammable. Yeah, yeah, of course very Instagrammable, but um yeah, I and I love that um they just in have a whole Asian fusion kind of thing with the food that they serve and mm. the drinks that they serve and things like that. That's good to know. So if you ever make it down to Kuala Lumpur, please come down to Chinatown. Don't miss it. Exactly. <laughs> Since you've been traveling for quite a bit, do you have any particular advice to those people who are still afraid or have a lot of fears, especially as solo travelers or as female travelers? Yeah, actually, um, traveling has become such a big thing in this day and age. I would say that a lot of places, if you speak English, is already very accessible a lot of countries already know how to speak english especially in like the main city areas i would say don't be afraid in terms of language barrier wise there's always people there to help you and if you're like me you know you stay in a hostel the hostel hosts will help you uh the people um living in the hostels will also be a, a great place to get recommendations or what to do and what to go and I would say that there is so much in this world that we have yet to explore, you know, what's in our bubble and what's in our vicinity and our perspective is is only so much of what we know. And once we get out to travel, I think there's a lot to learn about not only different cultures, but just about yourself and your own capabilities. Oh, that's so true. And that resonates with me as well. So thank you so much, Sylvie, for joining me today. It has been lovely talking to you and hearing about your experiences and seeing how brave you are. <laughs> I, I love that attitude and that love for culture as well. Thank you so much for that. Thanks so much, Abby. Thanks for having me on this podcast. And if you picked up a new idea for your next trip, tell a friend about this podcast. I'm Abby, and this has been All Stars in Transit, where I talk travel with the people working behind the scenes at AirAsia. Life's a trip. Enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm.